Welcome back folks to the new feature on FPL Academy, Man vs Machine, where three lads, James Carr, Jason Fleming and myself, Matty Kay, collaborate, confer and then compete against the fantasy football fix algorithm. That's the machine, we are the men, and this is Man vs Machine. Let's get down to the studio and see how it went. This podcast, we've actually had 565 uh, unique listens, and I I was astounded by that. I didn't think we'd we'd get 10. So 565 is a great achievement. Thanks everybody for that. Keep getting involved. Keep retweeting the articles. Keep giving us feedback on the draft because you know we're all we are all the men, and we need to compete against this machine. We need to win one over on them. Okay, so we we need your help on this. So that'd be great. Since our last dr- uh, draft, we have been talking in length on WhatsApp. Um, we had a midweek Skype call as well, just to have a chat about things, and we've we've made a few changes, but we haven't, we haven't gone to anything too drastic. But it's been a really exciting week with regards to football pre-season. Uh, we've seen Spurs have just demolished Inter, which <laughs> everyone's kind of talking about Spurs now, and we'll, and we'll come on to that as well. We're gonna just give a a recap of our draft too from last week. Uh, we're gonna go through some comments that we've had on Twitter. By the way, everyone just get involved. You know, we're on. Follow us on at FPL Academy on Twitter, FPL Academy on Instagram. Get involved. We've got quite a few questions on there. We're going to talk about pre-season. The teams we're going to be looking at are Spurs, Man United, and, and Middlesbrough. Um, there are some like players that not not many people talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about Sanchez, Ross Barkley, Aaron Ramsey. We've got some changes to draft three that we'll talk about. We, as I say, we haven't gone mad, but we'll, we'll give a recap on that, and then. We'll we'll look at some transfer rumours that have been doing the rounds um, over the course of this week. Okay, as of last week, we've got two great guys on the call. We've got Jason Fleming and we've got James Carr. Both their Twitter handles are on the article, so go check them out. You alright, guys? It's been an exciting week, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a great one, Matty. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, interesting games. A lot to talk about. It's definitely hotting up as this pre-season. What we've got one week, this time next week, we'll be recording our final draft podcast. Before we um, we you know we get involved in game week one, so it's it's all very exciting. And finally, FPL's back. It, it does seem like it's been absolutely an age, doesn't it? Until we were all uh, talking about FPL. Okay, so first of all, we're just going to run through our draft two from last week, just to give everyone a recap. Um, we've got Courtois in net. You know, he's been there since the very start. He's never changed. Jakubovic is his uh, understudy. Uh, Baines and Shaw are our elite two top defenders. Then we've got rotating pair of me and Evans. Uh, we've got a £4 million uh, bench player, really, but we think he'll play for Bournemouth in Brad Smith. Then we've got Kevin De Bruyne uh, in midfield. Cesc Fabregas, Andre Ayew, uh, the new guy for Hewley for West Ham. We've got Kapue also as our 4.5 midfielder. Then in, up front, we've got uh, Long, Aguero and Ibrahimovic. So that's our, that's our draft two, and... What we'll do now is we'll just have a look at some comments on Twitter. So he's back again, guys. Mark Edworthy, one of our writers on Twitter, is asking some more questions. And he's obviously seen the Spurs result as well that's just come in. Um, and he's asking, Spurs seem to be slightly overlooked in a lot of RMTs, at rate, rate my teams, that stands for. Which which asset, given all conditions, would you think is best? Consider the price. Let's go to you, Jay, on that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I think we're... Well, only one of a few, like you say, that haven't even considered Spurs until really tonight. Uh, they've absolutely thumped into Milan. It's not the same inch that we used to know, but still, when you're beating teams 6-1, it gives you a lot of confidence going into the season. Obviously, they finished last season on a reasonable high. And if you're going to pick a Spurs asset, 
I'd go with Deli Ali still. He's obviously showed a lot of promise from what his price was last year, and that's reflected in his price this season. Obviously, Kane's the ever-reliable one. He's done it now two seasons on the bounce, and I think he can do it again. I wouldn't touch their defence, apart from maybe Vertonghen, who obviously offers you a goal threat. So if he's asking for just the one, then I'd consider Ali is eight and a half million. And if you compare well, the back half of last season, I think he played 15 games because obviously he got banned for the last three when he a bit of a silly boy. I think he bagged six goals and nine assists. So for eight and a half million is priced this season. I don't think you can go wrong, really. Yeah, I think you're right. He had a bit of a, a, a poor Euros, didn't he? But didn't everyone who's an Englishman? So, yeah, I think that he, for me, is the best. I mean, Ericsson's challenging him, isn't he? But it's a bit inconsistent. You never really know if he's going to turn up. And then when he does, he'll, he'll blast <laughs> about three assists. Um, but that, Yeah, Ericsson's obviously on the set pieces, but I don't know. They never seem to score from set pieces. And Ericsson always seems to assist the assister, if that makes sense. Yeah, the assist assister. Yeah. All right. Uh, cheers, Jay, for that. Cheers, Mark, for the comment on Twitter. Now, Jay, I'm going to come to you because Dan the Man Ten also on Twitter. He's asking if there's any value in West Bromwich Albion. Yeah, I definitely think there is. Um, past couple of seasons since Pulis's arrival, West Brom have really, you know, come into their own uh, defensively. I think a couple of seasons back they were second for most clean sheets, and they had 16. And the season after, I'm writing them off again, uh, and they came up with 13 or 14 again. So. Um, I think they're definitely valued. They're at 4.5 million compared to all the other sites, uh, mid-table sites that are 4.5 million. I think they're the best uh, value there. Uh, for pounds for points, I think you won't get any better than defenders like Evans. Uh, in goals as well, Ben Foster's 4.5 million. Uh, I think that's a very modest price for him. So I, I would say, yeah, there is definitely value in West Brom. Uh, I think they can keep it up with Pulis and I think they can maintain it like they have the last two seasons. Yeah, they've been quite, quite doing quite well in defence and, and a lot of people don't realise how, how well they actually end up yeah because they have sheets, don't they? yeah because they have so many games where they get thumped here and there and then people just say like that's it I'm taking them right out of my team but if you look at their stats uh, like the last season the season before that they will genuinely surprise you uh, and they've got a lot of value in that defence the defenders like Evans uh, goalkeeper like Ben Foster 4.5 million is a ridiculous price if Ben Foster wasn't injured I would probably have said he would have been 5 million because with stats like that, and you get four point five million, it's crazy. Yeah, you're right on that. For, I mean, if you wanted to have a, I mean, we'll talk about this in the next question, incidentally. But if you wanted a solid static keeper that you don't want to change, you, you, it's not a bad idea having Foster there as a four point five million static keeper. Um, just because he's four point five, don't mean to say he's not going to bring on the points. And I think that's 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 a good point. Yeah, because remember, remember West Brom have a habit against the, the big sides. They can upset the big sides with their style of play. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, exactly. And that's why, like Pul- like Pulis, I think a lot of the managers will sometimes play West Brom defenders as their elite defender because of how reliable they can be. Yeah, you know, there's definitely value in West Brom. So Dan the Man Ten. Hopefully that's answered your question. And, and thanks for getting in touch. Okay, uh, we've got Riz now uh, on Instagram. He's saying, is rotating the goalkeeping positions a good idea? Now, in every single season previous, I've always thought it was, and I've, <laughs> I've always failed in the goalkeeping department. So I'm going to finally see the light, and I'm going to have one static keeper, and I think a lot of people are going that way. I have seen a few drafts with the likes of, say, Heaton and Foster in there. Uh, I expect those two people are going to rotate those keepers, but you just never know what's going to happen. 
just because the keeper's playing at home doesn't mean they're going to get a clean sheet. They've, they've probably got more chance of winning the game. It doesn't mean to say they're going to keep a clean sheet. So I think having one static keeper just takes that, I don't know, it just takes those decisions and those dilemmas away from you game week in and game week out. Um, it gives you a chance to concentrate on the more important things. So I think that having a solid static keeper that's going to bring on those clean sheet um, points is, is a better approach. So I hope that's answered that, Riz. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what team you put out uh, next season as well. So get in touch next week. Right. Um, and then Love Handles, also on Instagram. Um, it says, Sesc or KDB for your vice. Obviously, we never set our vice captain, did we, on our draft? He's obviously spotted that. We had it on Courtois. But let's talk about what draft three looks like, Love Handles, because those two players may not be there any any longer. So that may have answered that question. Um, so there are, there are all the questions that we could really get through on Twitter. Um, what we're going to do now is just talk about pre-season. Last week we talked about Everton, uh, Burnley and Sunderland. This this week, we're up in the game a little bit. We're going to talk about some more elite teams. No no offence to any uh, Sunderland fans, but, you know, it's true. Uh, Spurs, Man U and Borough. And we're going to start with you, Jace, with Spurs. Do you want to just give a bit of a round-up of their pre-season? Yeah, well... Before uh, the game today, uh, which we all know the score was, uh, they ha- haven't hardly set the world alight. There's been a couple of games here and there which they've um, shown some potential. Uh, firstly, the Nottingham Forest game won 3-0. Uh, but then they went on to lose a couple of games they lost to Juventus 2-1. And then up until today, against St Milan, they came up with a 6-1 win. Th- three things I'd like to take from that is, uh, one player in particular, uh, well, Harry Kane today, two goals and an assist. Dele Alli, a goal and an assist. And Eric Lamella also came up with a goal and assist. Um, of those three players as well, Eric Lamella's had a goal against Juventus. I think this game in particular today was kind of like a like a sign to all of us, those that uh, overlooked Spurs, uh, those that chose not to invest in uh, Tottenham Hotspur. It's like a, a wake up to, to invest in them because last season they were impressive. They finished, they were second throughout the whole like mostly the whole season. Players like Deli Ali, Harry Kane, were unbelievable. They had. Um, and then a little blip at the back end of the last season. I think they can carry on uh, this season. And players like Dele Alli being 8.5 million, uh, I think they can still. I think they can carry on. They weren't impressive in the world, uh, the uh, Euros, albeit. But from that game today, six one against Inter Milan. Inter Milan are, are no mugs. They're a decent side. Although they don't have the like the, the characters they did a few years back. Six uh, one as a result, you know, you have to take notice of. And in particular, Harry Kane, Eric Lamella, and Dele Alli have been quite impressive in that game. I think it's worth keeping an eye on them three. And um, definitely worth investment. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point that uh, Jace. Uh, yeah, it has to be said. Inter's season doesn't start till a week after everybody else's, so they may be early on in that pre-season. But still, you know, that's a bit of a turnaround from their previous results in pre-season. Um, Jay, let's talk about Manchester United. The play this weekend in the Community Shield against Leicester, and uh, I think there'll be a lot of FPL fans glued onto that screen watching to see what lineups. Jose um, and Ranieri put out, you know, will Will Maris play? I don't know. But anyway, let's talk about Manchester United and their pre-season, Jay. Yeah, I think everyone's eyes are on this weekend. It's normally the the best way to see how teams are going to start. And obviously, normally they are the two most informed teams. It makes a change for it not to be United versus City. But yeah, United, they haven't really done a lot pre-season. I think the biggest game we could have seen is when they should have played Man City away. I think it was supposed to be in China and the pitch was in such bad condition it was cancelled. So if you have a look at United's pre-season, they won 2-0 against Wigan Athletic. Yeah, we kind of expected that. It doesn't look like a full-strength team. Then they got beat 4-1 by Bruce Edoitman. Uh Jace's friend, that Mkhitaryan, got a goal and Matt and bagged the assist. 
quite surprised, obviously, to see Mata uh, pulling up because I have expected Jose, obviously, to not play him after he got rid of him at Chelsea. Uh, obviously, Galatasaray, they won 5-2. Ibrahimovic got his first goal. Rooney bagged two. Fellaini and Mata. I think the, the biggest shock of that game is Antonio Valencia. He's now classified as a defender and bagged three assists, which in a, an attacking team like United and the good for clean sheets that like we saw last season, I think he could be one to keep a, an eye on. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Shaw, Shaw or Valencia, you know, I bet at the start a lot of people went for Shaw, but maybe the table's turning a little bit on that. And we know that Jose likes to settle back for doesn't he? So if he does start the community shield and say the you know, to keep a clean sheet, then potentially that fullback position is his for the season. Yeah, yeah, it's just a question of whether it will be Mario Darmian or Antonio Valencia that's yeah. starting right back. That's yeah, what we have to wait Darmian, to. I, I thought he had a bit of a shocker last year. See, I'd, yeah, yeah, I'd avoid him. I've seen quite a few like different sites and like predictions, and they all say to avoid, well, there's like a list of four or five players. Uh, it's always like Darmian, Rojo, Depe, Mata. Yeah. Yeah, because he does get rotated a lot. That's true. But maybe maybe with Jose, it might be different. We, we just don't know. We'll have to wait and see in the Community Shield. And if Valencia starts, then he could be a viable option. Definitely. Yeah. Jose seems to like an attacking fullback. I mean, let's have a look when he was at Chelsea. He'd obviously had Azpilicueta, who yeah, used to Azpilicueta be dirt cheap advantage. and always up. Yeah. The pair of them, we you never saw them defending. Yeah, the <laughs> used to literally play as a striker sometimes. You'd be like, who's that guy in box? <laughs> and it, it's a oh. So, yeah, I think that... The, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like five that Valencia carries through from his midfielding days will 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 benefit a lot of FPL players playing him, you know, picking him. I I I may change my Luke Shaw option in my in my team to Valencia. Um, it's got to be said. And you know, have you ever known a testimonial to end nil nil? It's a bit bit of a strange one, wasn't it? Wayne Rooney's. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, well, don't get me wrong, I missed that one out because it seems so pointless. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's just a, a sign of Jose's intent. He's not messing around, even though it's Rooney's testimonial. He doesn't want to lose that game. He doesn't want to concede. So maybe there's something to be said about their attack. But I think we're going to see a lot of defensive displays from uh, Jose and, and Man United this season. Right. Okay. Thanks for that, Jay. Um, and I'm just going to get the roundup of Middlesbrough. Now, they've played all the pre-season games now. Um, and it's been a bit mixed. Uh, they started like crazy, albeit against York City. Uh, so the the one six nil away from home, but that let's not let's ignore that. Um, then a bit later on, they, they also won. They beat Doncaster Rovers two two nil. Uh, our friend George George friend he got an assist in there. Downing we never really talk about Downing. He he he, he scored. And then since then, but uh, as I said, they lost two one. But then the one the one three one against Villa had a couple of draws. But it's been Negredo. Or Rhodes, which one do you pick, really? And it's been a bit of a lottery. They've both, they've both scored, they've both assisted. I don't think they've both been playing at the same time. Karanka likes, you know, a lone striker up front. So I think that it's going to be a, a battle on who comes out on top. And at the moment, you'd say it's Rhodes, but, you know, it's going to be tough, that one. I, I'd, I'd be a little bit cautious about picking a Middlesbrough striker based on the fact that we don't really know who's going to start. Um, but yeah, they've had a decent they've had a decent preseason, and that'll give them a lot of confidence going in. They've had three clean sheets, um, including the last draw against Udinese, which is probably the hardest game that they've played. So yeah, watch out for Middlesbrough; um, they could be very strong at the back. Okay, so that's the preseason roundup. We'll now talk about some players that um, we have 
discussed on WhatsApp. Uh, for those that don't know, we're, we have a private WhatsApp group called the Free Amigos. Uh, it started uh, last season and we chat about all sorts. And these three players um, were the source of you know, some good conversation. We had Sanchez, Ross Barkley and Aaron Ramsey. And they're all, no one really talks about them on Twitter, on the articles that you read. Uh, which is strange for Sanchez, really, but maybe it's because he's not going to start. Jay, do you want to talk about Sanchez and, and why you think a lot of people may be overlooking him? Yeah, I think, obviously, he was injured for quite a lot of last season. He had a hamstring injury, which always, you know it's going to happen, but when the games he plays, he's explosive and you think he's got that potential in him. If you have a look at how he did, really, from Boxing Day, obviously, he missed most of the period. I don't think he came back until the end of January. So I think he played 15 games, he got seven goals and three assists. But he's now priced at 11 million. So if you have a look and you're trying to squeeze in Aguero, squeezing Ibrahimovic, squeezing in a Hazard, squeezing in Kane, if you've got a big two, the big defenders, it's hard to put him in. Especially, like you say, if you listen early, obviously we mentioned about Ali. Ali's only 8.5 million, also played 15 games, roughly the back end of last season, with six goals and nine assists. So that's like three and a half, two and a half million pound save. Cheers for that, Jay. And, you know, yeah. Alexis always ends up in everybody's team at the end of the season. Why doesn't he start in everyone's team? It's slightly nine, isn't it? Um, right, I'm going to talk about Ross Barkley because he's one of those players that I think everyone kind of wants, but they're scared to get him because he's not consistent enough. Um, and then he'll do that, won't he? He'll get a hat-trick in some random game and then everyone will pile on him and then he'll do nothing again. And it's really frustrating. But could it be different under Coleman? We saw last year with uh, Mane and Tadic, these, these, those two key players for Southampton were always involved and they were more consistent than they have been under other managers. And I think that that could come into the fray with Barkley um, and maybe even other players. We've talked about Morales and we've talked about uh, Delafeu. Um, they can't all play. We've talked about that. But Ross Barkley will, I think. He's one of their key generals in midfield and he does like to get up that pitch. Last year, he started 36 of his games in the season, so it's not as if he won't get in the game time. And he made an appearance in every single game. So he definitely will play in that in that Everton side. He got eight goals. He got uh, he had 95 goal attempts. I think it could be definitely one to monitor. Everton have got some really good fixtures early on after they've played uh, Spurs. And... Um, you know why? Why not put him in your team, and then if he fails, just you know, just sell him. But I think, I think having him for those first six games could be really beneficial to your team. Jace, we're going to come to you now, and we're all taking the count of you a little bit on this one on WhatsApp. But you do make oh. some good, you do make some good points. Um, yeah, about, yeah, about well. Aaron Ramsey, and at one point you, you nearly convinced me to to get him. Um, but yeah. for me, it's a gamble. Jace, but go on. It's a gamble. Yeah, I, I can just take you quickly through it. Go on then, go on then. Yeah, well, Aaron Ramsey, obviously, like, probably the three choices we've got today is the most obscure. If you look at last season's performance in the Premier League and the season before that, since since the arrival of Ozlan Sanchez, I don't think many people want to latch on to him. But I'm a strong believer in uh, international tournaments like the Euros, the World Cup. If a player performs well there, he carries that form back into his domestic league. I do feel Aaron Ramsey, he was fantastic at the Euros uh, for Wales. He got into the team in the tournament. He came up with so many goals. So many assists for Wales. I think with that, he can carry that back to Arsenal. Um, obviously, a lot of people will say the argument of Ozil and Sanchez, but uh, with those two, well, there's a rumour they might be getting a, a longer uh, rest 
and they might not start game at one, game at two. I think it'd be worth investing in Ramsey. He's only eight, eight million as well. I think that's quite a modest price compared to some other uh, players of that price. We obviously know two or three years ago how well he did that season, uh, and we know that if he gets a run out in the team like he does, then he can come up with that. He's got the potential because we know how good of a player he is. Um, there is a few people also that will say, "Oh, Wenger, he doesn't know where to put him because Zola, he'll play him right wing." I don't think that'll matter because at right wing he's came up with the goods as well. He's come up with a couple of goals and assists there. So, irregardless of where he plays, I think for the first few game weeks, I think uh, Aaron Ramsey could be a shilly eight million with issues surrounding Sanchez and uh, Ozil. Yeah, and you do make some excellent points. It's just something about I don't know. Something about me is reluctant to do it, but. Yeah, you know, we remember what it two, three seasons ago, it, it were outstanding, wasn't it? It was like you know the Mitchu of the uh, season before. Uh, yeah, I think Jason the one problem trying to convince everyone. Yeah. I know that's what I always do. But I think the one thing Arsenal as well, they have got horrible fixtures at the start, don't they? Like a couple of horrible games they're in not, them, don't they? They're not great. Um, I, I suppose that. But that's when Ozon Sanchez might come back. The horrible games end, and then Ozon Sanchez might come back. That's the one issue drawback. Arsenal always start the season strong though, and then fade away after Christmas. Yes, it's. Fact. And yeah. If you're playing, so, if you're playing Hull in your first six games, I'm going to say that's an easy fixture. <laughs> so I think he's a, he's a good referential to Ozil and Sanchez because not a lot of people will be thinking of him. He's only got like 1.3 percent ownership, and we know the like the ability of him. I was really surprised to still see him 1.3 percent ownership. For me, I think I've realised what it is. Is is overpriced? I think if he was seven and a half million, you know, is he really more? Is it really you, more... You think 8, 8 million is overpriced? Well, really? Fabricas, it was 7.5. Well, yeah, you know. okay. I think, yeah, if you're arguing between those two... Right, uh, yeah, it's a fair if point. Argue between those think, two, yeah. If it was 7.5, a lot of people, maybe his ownership would rise. But, anyway. I think Ramsey can be more attacking than Fabregas anyway. He can get more... That's what... But 0.5 million, that's as you say. Uh, so, that's they're all the players that we've talked about, as I say... Um, talk about a lot of rubbish on whatsapp uh, but you know those were three really good conversations that we had so we just thought we'd share some of those thoughts now we're getting there to the end now we're going to just talk about the changes that we've made to our draft now if we came on this podcast every single week and we had 11 different players then we'd be doing something wrong so it's great to see that our defense has completely remained we've not changed a single uh player in our defense and like we said and same can be said of our forward line we've still got Aguero we've still got Ibrahimovic we've still got Long so we have changed a lot in midfield though and it's 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 funny how uh, a linked striker to Swansea and we'll talk about that later can totally change the dynamics of, of your midfield Jay do you want to just talk about what we've done in midfield yeah uh, it's fair to say we rehashed it and started from scratch again uh, if you have a look at what we've done I think the only player we've actually kept is Fenguli at West Ham so we've actually now removed Ayu and we've swapped in for Andros Townsend at Palace. We think they've got a decent set of fixtures to start with. Quite attacking side. We've mentioned them in a previous podcast. We've changed Kapue, who was our cheap option, to Wayne Routledge. He's just to keep some swans cover, and he seems to be having quite a good preseason. We've now downgraded Kevin De Bruyne after say, apparently hearing that he's not going to start the season. And we've put Eden Hazard in, so we've keep, kept it a, a big hitter. And therefore, we've actually changed Sesk and gone with Deli Ali. Uh, obviously, the Spurs game tonight really opened our eyes. We realised we had no cover for Spurs and we needed somebody. And as we've discussed earlier, Deli Ali seemed to be the man to go to in midfield. Eight and a half million. Yeah, it's a big price increase, but I think it's definitely worth the money. Yeah, and just just on Spurs and Deli Ali, you know, we talk we talk about this a lot, but the the new feature on the on the site, the FDR 
fixture difficulty rating. How it works is that if there's a fixture that's a difficult fixture, it'll be glowing pink, and they're the ones that obviously you need to avoid. Now, Spurs don't have a glowing pink fixture till game week 10, so it's a pretty good you know, run of fixtures. Um, Everton away, Palace at home, Liverpool at home, Stoke away, Sunderland at home. Middlesbrough away, you know, it's it's quite decent. So yeah, I think I think we were a bit naive in not picking uh, Spurs. They fell away at the end of the last season, didn't they? But we all know how good how good they are. Yeah, I think once they realised they weren't going to win the league, and they basically, well, they lost out of their own hands, really. I know you talked about pre-season there. We really should um, let you all know about an excellent feature on FPL updates um, webpage. Um, I meant to talk about that in the pre-season section. If you go to their website and then go to pre-season prep and fixture tracker, it's got every single game that all the teams have played and who scored and who assisted. It's a really good bit of information, and you know we'd be lost without it. We'd be, we'd be looking in the newspaper when we were trying to find out who's played and that kind of thing. So so go check that out. It's a really good um, it's a really good feature. Okay, so they're the changes that we've made to our draft free. Jace, let's just give a recap of what our Draft three looks like for game week one, please. Yep, yep, we'll do. Uh, we're maintaining Timo Courtois in goals. Um, we're rocking the same back line of uh, Baines, Shaw, and me uh, in midfield. Um, obviously, a lot of changes there. We went for Eden Hazard, Deli Alley, Andros Townsend, and Sofiane Figuli. And then up front, uh, we've maintained the same coverage of Shane Long, uh, Sergio Aguero, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And then just quickly on the bench there, we've still got Yakubovic, um, Colbert, Brad, uh, Brad Smith, uh, Johnny Evans, and Wayne Routledge. Yeah, and we've we've kept the captain Aguero, haven't we? And we've we've gone uh, uh, cap- uh, vice captain Ibrahimovic um, after Love Handles' uh, recommendation. Yeah, we haven't really thought that much. <laughs> A lot of people, well, some people may forget that the vice is there and with all the uh, pressure of building that game week one draft a lot of people might not realise oh crap I forgot to do my vice captain so well, we nearly did it didn't we so we've done that now it's there it's in vice captain right okay um, so that's the that's the draft free it'll all be on the website by now by the time you listen to it it'll be all there so go check it out and hopefully um, well definitely this time next week we will have the machines uh, draft one so I'm really interested to see what the machine has picked for their uh, game week one team. Uh, ultimately, that's what this is about. We are competing against that machine, um, man versus machine. So let's see what happens there. That's something really um, to look forward to. Right then, transfer rumours. Let's just have a quick roundup. We've got a bit of time left in, in the studio, guys. Mustafi, he's been linked with Chelsea and Arsenal. What do you think about that? Um, Mustafi is a player I've heard about a couple of years back uh, in the World Cup, in particular in 2014 for Germany. He was Absolutely fantastic for him. Um, I think he was one of their like star performers in guiding them to the World Cup. Uh, he's an excellent defender. I think he's valued at about thirty odd million. I think if Chelsea or Arsenal were to bring him in, I think defensively it would uh, be worth investing on because with Mustafi added, I think Chelsea would be like a machine in defence. With Conte as well, Italian manager as well. You know, Italian managers like to defend, defend as well. I think. Or even at Arsenal, because um, Arsenal aren't short on options as well, centre-back. But if Mustafi came there as well, I think Mustafi, Koscielny, Monreal and Bellerin, that would be a top-quality backline. So the Mustafi transfer, um, if he comes to the Premier League, uh, he could be what do you think very interesting as an option. Five and a half, yeah. six? Do you think he'll get to six? 
They'll probably value about five and a half. It depends, it depends on where he goes. Yeah. If he goes to Chelsea, well, you can't overprice him over Zuma. Then. You can give him six million. Yeah, I wouldn't give him six million if he went to Chelsea, yeah. but if he went to Arsenal, possibly. Um, what know. else have we got? Sige, I saw he signed a new contract with Swansea. Um, which is strange when we've not just replaced Ayu with Sigi. I, I just got a feeling about Swansea that they're not going to have a great season. There's um, in, uh, the FPL Academy. Yeah. We've been doing preview articles. We've been previewing every single team. We're on to uh, Watford. So we've only got two left. And we had a guest uh, writing for us uh, at FPL Fashion, um, a girl called Holly. So go check out that preview. It's it's good reading, but it's not it's not good reading if you're a Swansea fan like she is. Because um, she's she's saying that we definitely need some more more players, and I'd agree with that. And maybe that's why I'm leaning mm. away from Swansea a little bit. They do have a they do have a few good uh, news here. Now I think Ashley Williams is uh, well. The move to Everton's off. I mean, how do you went to Everton? I think we could all we would all just shut down in Swansea coverage because exactly. I mean, what it's are they without Ashley still, Williams? You know, he's integral for them. Yeah. I don't know. She's put me off. She's put me off them. So Jay Mares. <laughs> Any more news about him? Do we think he's going to stay? Yeah, I think he's going to stay now. No, well, all the rumours seem to have died down on him leaving. I think he's still going to be road. Well, might go down to the final day. I think he's the rumour obviously is still that he's going to Arsenal. I think Sky rates it about four point seven or something. So he's fifth on the top ten whispers of today. I just had a look now on the their site. But honestly, I can't see it happening. I think he, at the moment he's a big fish in a well a reasonably yeah. big pond after last season. And I think the players around him, he can, he can perform. If I think if he moves to Arsenal, like say he's competing with Sanchez, he's competing with Ozil, Ramsey, Kazola. I just don't know where he'll fit in and if the limelight will be taken off him. I think he quite likes yeah, being right. this I mean, showboating boy. The fact that he outscored De Bruyne and Hazard put together last season. Can he do that again? Probably not. But, well, I don't know. We, we doubted him so many times, listed so many times that he, he may well do that. I just can't get over how cheap he is, considering he's, he is the highest point scorer in FPL from last season by a long shot. And he's, and he's one and a half million less than Sanchez. He's half a million less than Hazard, who had a shocker last season. A million less than De Bruyne. No, it's just very, very odd. But, you know, let's see what happens at the Community Shield. It'll probably be a boring nil-nil, won't it? Yeah, I have no doubt about it. Just uh, another bit of transfer news, Matty. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's come out and says he expects Christian Benteke to leave, and it makes sense I for the player. Yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, that happened. Well, it depends where he went. Yeah, because yeah, if Benteke goes off to a midfield from a team like Crystal Palace or something like that, I mean, yeah. Well, alongside that, obviously Arsenal are on the lookout as well for a striker, but obviously at the moment they obviously hit for big names. I think it's An yeah, is it An yeah. Alexandre Lacette. Alexander Lacazette, the, yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's been quality the last couple of seasons yeah. for Leon. Uh, I think last season he didn't, he was a bit inconsistent. He didn't like fire as much as he did last season's back, but he's got a high, he's a high caliber player. He's very valued. I think uh, if they added him, Problem they could be like, like a different sort of team. Somewhere where he's the main, you know, for FPL purposes, if he goes to Arsenal. Or, yeah, he's not, he's not going to be that. Mm-hmm. That would just be that would be so much dilemmas with Ozil, Sanchez, Anton on there. You know. Their fixtures. I was thinking that same matter. <laughs> they need him. They need him there. Should we just should we <laughs> wander down? Let's try and talk to someone. Let's get him down there. Um, it'll solve a lot of problems for me because I'm not convinced in this third striker position that we've got with Shane Long. 
Yeah, Nate Ramay, there's some like Charlie Austin could yeah, very easily take his position, you know what I mean? Any of those yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Andre Gray as well, yeah. For a decent club that will push, push for a, a European spot. Um, right, okay, so I think we're out of time, guys. Um, so it's been another great podcast. We've, we're getting there with our team. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll start the season and it won't all fall apart. Uh, that'll be embarrassing. So, uh, as I say, next week it'll be an interesting <laughs> podcast because it'll be our last draft. Yeah, and hopefully we can see what the machine has built. Um, it's just having a software refresh at the moment. Um, but I've been speaking to the guys at Fantasy Football Fix, and hopefully we'll have that all up and ready by next week. So, so yeah, look out for that. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. Have a look at the website. It's got loads of great previews on there. You know, we've also got. Um, at FPL Mad, he does like a, what's called a mad pick, looking at differentials. We've got Oyston, he, um, he, 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 he kind of reviews the week on Twitter with top 10 moments. It's a really cool feature that'll be coming next week as well. Um, I'll be there with my form charts, they're still coming. I'm going to look at uh, game week one form um, for the past six seasons and try and create something around that. We've got team of the week, they should be um, releasing their team of the week uh, midweek next week got a lot going on we've got uh, a beginner's guide to winning at fpl uh, releasing on monday so there's a lot going on next week so keep involved get on twitter and spread the word uh, and we'll speak to you next week cheers everyone cheers Adios. yeah cheers matty well, cheers, cheers. Cheers. Bye.